for those who were able to pray for me on Friday night as I was at Brother Dustin's church. It uh, seemed to go well, and I appreciate the prayers. They did not record it or anything. I did record it on my phone. It probably won't be great quality, but I am going to upload it to our podcast. So if you're interested in, uh, in that, uh, it's actually some sermons that I have preached here, and I just kind of blend them together um, for something I was feeling. So, But I'm going to be reading from Galatians 6. Read this every time. Uh, 6 and 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate to him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. And for he that soweth his flesh shall other flesh reap corruption. But he that um, I'm sorry I lost my spot there with it. But he that soweth the spirit shall other spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I have one more verse of scripture. And that is found in the book of Daniel 6 and 10. When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. His windows being open in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God for his God as he did aforetime. Everybody say aforetime. All right, you may be seated. I have, I have been talking about how to eat an elephant. Such a strange title, such a strange thought maybe to many of you, but uh, we have to ask our question, what is the elephant in our room? If you've not been here, you can go back to our podcast and you can listen to where I went with this. But what, what's that thing in our life that is being intentionally ignored or we left unaddressed? We know it's there. We know it's real. And we know it's big or we know the task is big. And almost everybody is aware of it. But for some reason, we choose to ignore it and not do anything about it. We all have them in our life. And we are here at Sunday school to deal with it. That's what I'm trying to do. It is the South African angelic cleric and theologian Desmond Tutu who said there's only one way to eat that celibate, and that is, everybody say it with me, one bite at a time. So let me deal today with another daunting, overwhelming and what seems like impossible thing that can be accomplished gradually by taking on just a bite at a time. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about last week about relationship, which comes from prayer and study of the Word of God. Today, I'm going to look at one of our favorite Bible men, my favorite Bible characters, men in the Bible, to give us some direction, and that is that is Daniel and this is the verse that I have here behind me so when Daniel knew the writing was signed he went into his house his windows being opened his chamber towards Jerusalem and kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God before his God as he did aforetime the elephant today that I want to talk about this is a subtitle I thought, yeah, he's got it up there so 
is actually this. I want to talk about the elephant of consistency. Because subtitle this today, I guess, the pyre of consistency. Consistency is so vital in us being able to accomplish any great thing in our life. So I want to talk about this. No doubt, everybody in this room has dealt with a leaky faucet. Anybody ever dealt with a leaky faucet? <laughs> I got one right now. I've tried all kinds of different things. I think I'm just going to have to replace the whole entire faucet because it's an antique, um, old faucet. I can't hardly find the guts for it no more, and I've tried repeatedly trying to change the washers, and it just keeps on dripping. And it got worse. The kids would go in there, and they would kind of leave it, and I could crank it down, and I'd get it to stop. It seems like anymore, regardless how hard I twist that knob, it still drips. One drop after another, one drop constantly, drip, 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 drip. I'm only thankful that's in the other side of the house, and I don't have to hear it all the time. So that is the bad part about it. Only when I go in that bathroom do I really think, I've got to fix that. And it's usually when I'm getting ready for church, and I don't have time to fix it right then. So I have to make a note that I'm going to fix it. And then there's two sinks in there, so I can't just change one. So I'm going to have to change both. But the consistency of that drip can become an irritation very quickly. Because our other bathroom, this one is connected to our, our bedroom, it's had them drips, and it doesn't take me as long to fix it because I'm hearing it. It's that constantly drip, 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 drip. It's consistent. But put in the right environment, given enough time, that same dripping with that same consistency can have an immeasurable amount of power. And that no doubt if you've been to Mammoth Cave or some of the other caves that has what they call the stalagmites in the caverns, they are made by the consistent drip of water that comes down out of the top of the roofs and consistently just constantly dripping through time creates these beautiful stalagmites inside of caves. Matter of fact, that's how canyons are made. They're not made all at once. But through the power of consistency, through years of water channeling through certain areas, uh, through water running and dripping just consistently, they've made beautiful places uh, like the Grand Canyon or, or beautiful areas. It's, it's made through this consistent drip that is just constantly going on. And here's the thing. Dripping isn't that exciting. It lacks um, a lot of the glamour. It lacks a lot of the excitement. It lacks a lot of the, uh, the glare and the flash and all this stuff. It, it lacks all of that stuff. But what it does, it makes up, what makes up for all the glare is its effectiveness. And there's so much to be said about the power of consistency, and especially when it comes to living for God. Matter of fact, I would probably dare say that is the fuel that fuels a good prayer life. 
It's consistency. That is the fuel that fuels a good study life. It's consistency. That is the fuel that fuels so many things when it comes to our walk with God. Is consistency. Because you can pray an hour a day today and not pray for a month. And that hour a day becomes ineffective. And you may have a dynamic prayer. You might prayer. You may have a dynamic uh, flash of lightning. God gives you all kinds of revelations in the midst of your of your prayer because God does work that way. If you if you kneel and you repent and you really get in touch with God during that moment of prayer, something powerful can, ha- can happen. We see it with King Ahab. The wicked king Ahab, when the prophet came to him and said, look, this is what's going to happen to you. Ahab had an immediate prayer, life, prayer, uh, prayer session, and he wept before God and sackcloth and ashes. And God even changed his mind from that one moment of prayer that kept him from having all this evil stuff happening in his life. And God allowed it to go to the, to the next generation, not him. But did that save Ahab? So, prayer... The word, living for God. Because here's the thing. There's a lot of days when I'll talk for myself. I don't feel like reading my Bible. But I know it's necessary. And I'll be honest today. There's some days I don't really feel like praying today. I'm so tired. I'm, let's just, I like to be real. I'm irritated. <laughs> all right? Everybody's like, I'm irritated, right? I mean, it don't happen all the time, but there's been times that, because it's life. But, there's been times when you just don't feel like doing anything. Like, knowing I need to practice, uh, what's a better way to say it? I need to develop my spiritual life better. And it's it's stuff that's even beyond prayer and reading your Bible. It's, it's, It's stuff that you know, I need to love more. I need to treat people better. There's times when you don't feel like doing that. And there's times when you don't feel like going to church. There's times when we don't feel like fasting. And you may not be one that has ever fasted or not fasted at all, but I think it's important that we fast once a week, in my opinion. Because when, I, when the Lord says, okay, I need you to fast three days. I need you to fast seven days. I need you to fast 21 days. And he's done that in my life. It makes it easier when I have a life that's already consistent with fasting. I don't have to ramp myself up to prepare myself to fast. So this is what I'm talking about. You know, there's times when you may not feel like paying tithes or giving an offering. But when a consistency is is in there, loving people and treating people right. At the end, what we'll find is that consistency is always better than a small burst of excitement every time when we learn to do something consistent in our life. And one thing that 2020 definitely, this pandemic that we just went through, she's a mess. (laughs) One thing that 2020 and the pandemic exposed was people's inconsistency. Brother Michael Enzi said it very well. He said, crisis accelerates direction. And what we've seen during the pandemic was those who were not consistent in the things of God and were going in the wrong direction, crisis came into their life and they continued in the consistent direction they were going. 
And whether it be more closer to God or away from God. What we've seen when this crisis came was unfortunately even here in our local assembly. We've seen many going the wrong direction. And therefore today a lot that seemed to be doing so good because we started 2020 off with a bang, okay? We had, man, we had one of the, some of the best crowds we had was having some good services, had people coming and coming regular, but that doesn't always tell the hotel. So the, the pandemic hits, and all of a sudden, we see something when we come out of it. These different folks who's going in a certain direction consistently continue to go in that direction. And I'm thankful that not everybody went the wrong direction, but we still got several that's here, and I thank you for that. But that is the main reason I'm doing this series. We need to consistently do the right thing so we can become all that God has called us to be. For us to become what God has called us to be, we need a prayer life. We need um, a study habits. We need a relationship with Jesus that comes through that prayer life. But the best way to build these things is through what we call consistency. And when crisis comes, we find out what people are really made of. And I, and I want to prepare us for the next crisis. All right? Because, is, uh, I think it was T.F. Tinney that said it like this. I may be wrong, but it was one of, their, one of our modern, what we call patriarch preachers that's, that's passed. But I think it was T.F. Tinney. Um, I may be wrong with this, but he said it this way. He said, we're either going in a crisis, walking through a crisis, or coming out of a crisis. That's how our lives seem like to go. It's the up and downs of life, okay? And life is definitely not consistent, all right? It's definitely not consistent. So if life is not consistent, we have to get our life to where we become a consistent person because the inconsistency of life is going to hit us, and if we're not prepared for it, it can throw you for a loop. It can knock you all, it can knock all kinds of things out of whack. And the Bible character that we're looking at today, Daniel, in the scriptures, he is known to be a faithful, dependent, dependable person. He was, he was brilliant. He was a brilliant man. He was very, um, very endowed with the Spirit of God in his life. He was a man of prayer, and he was a man that we know that endured the lion's den. He was a man that was a diplomat. He was a man that was a peacekeeper. And the text that I read, um, that I got here back behind me again, lets us know when crisis came, what you and I should do, okay? In this crisis, we see that Daniel prayed like he consistently did aforetime or before this situation when crisis came Daniel already had a consistency set in his life that the crisis around him didn't cause him to be affected in an adverse way he already had his life set in a course that when they said look you can't make any petitions or, or talk to any other gods anybody the only petitions you can make in the, for the next 30 days is you have to only go to the king well daniel's like you know what i we don't know i probably could find exactly about what age he was at this time but sister janet he, daniel's like you know what i know this is what they say 
Um, they captured me and brought me here. This king really ain't done nothing for me yet except take me out of my homeland. But this has worked. Praying has consistently worked for me all my life. Living this style of life has worked for me all of my life. We, we even see it at the very beginning, you know, when they say, hey, we're, you're going to eat the king's meat. No, I'm not. I'm going to consistently stay with what God has asked me to eat. And this is Daniel, and this is a man of consistency. And, and consistently, this consistency would, it would determine uh, what would happen to Daniel. And Daniel is just like, I don't care. I'm going to go pray, just like I've always prayed. And this is the kind of the consistency that I, I am striving to try to get to. And we can describe Daniel as a man of consistency. And we need that in the church. And we live in a very inconsistent world right now. Very messed up, okay? It's very messed up. Webster defines the word consistency as holding together, firm or coherent, agreeing in harmony, in accord, compatible, holding to the same principle or practice. And that's this last part of this is what I'm really talking about here today, is holding to the same principle or the same practice. When we think of consistency, when I think of consistency, we, it should cause us to think of, of words like something that we practice always, something that we're continuing in, something that we're we persevere, that we go through, we do it no matter what happens. It's a determination. It's, it's faithfulness. And when we think of consistency, we, we should think about great people of the Word, that we find the Word of God. Somebody like Moses and, and Joseph. No matter what Joseph went through, Joseph always loved God. And you look at Abraham. Abraham was a man, the Bible lets us know, that he just kept walking. Even though he didn't know where he was going, God said go, he just kept walking. We see John the Baptist, he was a consistent individual. Even when, uh, you know, the king's up there doing something he shouldn't do, and you know it could throw him in jail and take his head off, he's like consistent with the word of God anyway. And we look at the apostle Paul, a man that was, had much, so much consistency. And this is the type of thing that I'm talking about. And the only thing that separates us, and I've said this a time or two, from great people, if not that we're great by any means, but if we're going to become anything used greatly of God, the only thing that separates us is a life of consistency. And, and when I think of the modern time people that we have in our life, when I think about people like my bishop, Doug, Douglas White, or maybe uh, some of my, the preachers that's, that's impacted my life, Brother Scott Graham and G.A. and Vesta Mangan and, and Lee Stone King and even Nona Freeman. It's people, and the list could go on and on and on. I'm sure that you've, you've got some that, that you, maybe you've thought about and you, even teachers from days gone by that made an impact in your life. These are people that had consistency in their life. There's so much power in consistency because it... it creates something in our life. It creates a, a stability, a faithfulness. In, in a very wavering world, we need to accept nothing less than the absolute consistency in the things of God. Absolute consistency in the things of God. Several years ago, many years ago, um, our home church went through a 
kind of a craziness. And it went through a time that it went very um, extremely strict where everything in the world was wrong. You couldn't even breathe. You couldn't even move. And just as fast as it went one way, it went another direction to where it almost teetered to the fact of, well, is anything wrong? And it came a place in there. Finally, one day I looked at Sister Cheryl. I said, honey, that's it. We're going to live by the Bible. And this is what the Word of God says. This is where we're going to stay. This is where we're going to live. This is what we're going to stand on. No matter what anybody else does, we're going to live by this word. If the word says do it, we're going to do it. If the word says don't, uh, don't do it, we're not going to do it. And this is what I'm talking about today. And I know it may look like a big task, but inconsistency is a huge handicap to so many people in this world. All right? Now, today, I'm going to be pastor, okay? You don't always feel like I'm your buddy when I'm pastor. All right? It's, that's, it's not always like that. And over 50, the last 15 years of pastoring and 25 years of ministry, I've seen the ones that I've seen struggle the most are those who are the most inconsistent people in the most important things of life. Okay? This is the key probably to everything else I'm going to I may adventure into with this series that I'm doing. There's some other things I want to get into on particular subjects, but this is the key. It's consistency to get this elephant in our life, no matter what it is, eaten. All right? Because I have seen that those who are the happiest, have the most joy in their life, are those who consistently keep on forgiving people. I have seen that those who, have, uh, who seem to have the most victory in their lives are those who I consistently see come to church and I know that they are going to worship God no matter what is going on in their life. That are those that I see that has the greatest victory, that every little bump in the road doesn't take their worship away from them when they get to church. Okay? I have, through my time, I've seen those who hardly ever really have a financial issue in their life are those who consistently give tithes and offering. And everything I'm saying, the opposite, opposite of this is also true. I've seen those who may fight some anxiety and depression, but are never really overcome by those things are those who are consistently reading their Bible and praying and, and worshiping God. I hardly ever see those who consistently come to the house of God ever post a bunch of negative garb on social media about how bad their life is. But the opposite of that is true. And I'm not trying to be mean today, but I'm trying to be real. If we're going to become what God has called us to be, there's some great big things in our life that we have to attack with consistency. 
That means doing it, whether we like it or not. That means attacking it, whether we like it or not. And we, we can look at the things we know that are consistent in this world. The greatest athletes, the greatest Olympians, uh, the greatest of those in the professional sport world are those who are consistent in their training, all right? It's the Michael Jordan out there practicing when everybody else is gaming. It's the Larry Bird that's, that's shooting 500 free throws every day on a makeshift ball go on his barn in, in Indiana that becomes one of the greatest free throw uh, shooters in the world. It, it, it is these people like Michael Phelps that is in the uh, swimming pool swimming when everybody else is doing something else, he's consistently training and preparing himself for his purpose in this life. And Michael Phelps is the one who has any more gold medals than anybody else in the Olympics that's out there. And we, it takes major consistency for us to be able to have or build anything alive. And we look at those who do their best at work, at the workplaces. They're the ones who meets the demand of the consistent work attendance. They're there. And the work ethics, when they're there, they're working too. So, I'm talking about something that will change our life, our, our, our life completely and totally. Is when we find what God, and let me just take it, even not, I was going to say find what God wants to do, but let's just do what God wants us to do. Just, just the requirements of what we need to do will put us in, 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 in a great place where God can use us in a great way. And those of us who work, we, we would not go to a workplace and work if we didn't consistently receive a paycheck on time every week, would we? We wouldn't, would we? If they didn't pay me consistently, I, I mean, one of my first machining jobs... Um, made me nervous because I never knew if my paycheck was going to bounce or not. I didn't stay there real long. I ended up finding somewhere else. And they did close. Our military, their skills, everything they do, life and death depends upon their consistency, right? What about our doctors? We look at our doctors. We Look for doctors that is, has skills that's consistent in getting people well. <clears throat> we go to a doctor and we think, oh, wow, he's a hack. What are we going to do? We look for somebody else that has a consistent record of helping somebody. So we can see that consistency is really, really important. So now that's kind of the world side of it. But let's look at the Word of God. What's the Word of God say about us being consistent in what we need to do? 2 Peter 3.18, what does it say? But grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That We just went through a series of that on Thursday night. We're, we need to grow. He's saying grow. Don't stay where you are, but grow. All right? 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 16. I'm not going to read it all on this one, but Paul talking to his son in the gospel, Timothy, telling him about how he needed to give attendance to all these different things and... and uh, he ends up telling him, um, meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all men. He said, take heed to yourself. And the doctor said, continue in them. We have to continue a consistency. John 8, 31, Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, 
Then are you my disciples indeed. John 15 and 9, Jesus said, uh, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. And he said, Continue in my love. We're seeing this consistency. Acts 13, 43. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. You can do a simple word search in the word of God, and you'll find this word continue all the way through here. And what this means is consistently continue to do these things. Acts 14 and 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. We've got to continue in this. 2 Timothy 3.14. But continue thou in the things which, um, I actually just read that one too. Which thou hast learned and hast been assured, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Acts 1.14. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. Acts 18.13. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. Wondering, behold, uh, wondered, excuse me, lost my spot there. Wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. We see that he continued with somebody else that knew the word that he could grow in the word. All right? Just, just a couple more scriptures here. Acts 15, 35. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. He didn't stop preaching and teaching. They just continued to help grow a church in Antioch. Acts 18.11. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Acts 19.10. My last one here with this. And this continued by the space of two years so that they all which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, uh, word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. We see this word continue all the way through here, the New Testament, just saying, look, You've got to be consistent. You've got to keep doing this even when you don't feel like doing it. And this is my whole point of what I'm saying here today. We have to be consistent in the things of God. But we have a dilemma in our world. We have a world, a generation that, as you heard me say many times, is the microwave generation. I need it now. I need it right now. I don't want to wait for my home-cooked meal. Cooking home-cooked meals. Home, cooking meals at home like that, it takes some time, don't it? A lot easier to pop something in the microwave and be done with it. We want it right now. This is us right now. This is the generation right now. There's so much debt in this world because people can't wait till they get old enough Older, where they live a life of consistency of paying tithes and offering, saving and giving the right amount to one of these days that they actually literally can go out and buy a nice vehicle without going in debt with it. But instead, we get people get their first job making halfway decent money and go put themselves in debt for things that's going to deteriorate in a year's time. And six, seven years later, they're still trying to pay it off. Instant gratification. I need it now. And this is the dilemma that we have. We see how the world demands the stuff I was talking about. The world demands this consistency. Like, we expect I'm going to get a paycheck. We expect this. We expect doctors to be consistent. We expect all, we see the Word of God, how it declares that we as a child of God should be consistent and we should continue. 
But why do we think that consistency is not needed in my own personal life? And the truth of the matter is that we are consistent in the things that we deem important. So maybe today it's not that we're not consistent because every one of us are consistent. But what are we consistent in? And there is power in consistency. It was, I believe, Einstein that said the definition to insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So we continue in the same consistent manner that we've always done and think, okay, God's going to bring me out of this, but we don't change anything. We continue in our same bad habits, whether it be eating habits, financial habits. Now, how many, how many of us that, if any of you skinny people out here can eat anything you want, I don't like you. No, I, I do. I'm, I'm just kidding with you. But I, I do like you, but you, you make me have to repent because I have that dilemma that I just can't eat anything I want. But we have this idea that we can eat anything we want and be healthy. Oh, God, please let this cheeseburger turn into a salad so I can be healthy. How many of you ever prayed that? It don't work like that, all right? So, if we think, and this is how we are, if we think it's important to us, then we become consistent in that thing, all right? And we are, unfortunately, so many of us, consistently inconsistent and that is so dangerous the only time we know we can count on some people praying is when there is trauma in their world if Daniel only prayed when a crisis came in his life we probably wouldn't be reading about Daniel going through the lion's den but the reason that Daniel went through the lion's den because the consistency of the faithfulness of who he was and a man that prayed before the crisis hit. Because if we could, if we at a younger age, and I'm just throwing all kinds of things in here that I'll, I'll probably talk about later, but at a younger age, I know if I had been more consistent, more consistent with saving and budgeting or, or more consistent in and when I was younger, you may not be able to tell now, I used to do a lot of working out. If I'd never stopped that and just kept on consistently doing the things, I know I maybe would be in better health now. But if we think it's important to us, we're consistent with it. And if we can somehow get this in our world, we realize that if, if it's important for us to read our Bible, then we will consistently read it. If it's important for us to pray, we will consistently pray. If it's important to us to come to the house of God, then we will consistently come to the house of God. If it's important to us to pay tithes and offering, we will consistently pay tithes and offering. But when things are more important, then that breaks our consistency down. See, life and death can depend on someone being consistent, all right? Consistency is the elephant and could be the very trait that enables us to make it through the dark valley that we're going through. It's what drove Daniel to his knees when crisis came. A lot of folks, when crisis comes, it's what drives them out the door. Daniel benefited greatly from his previous consistent walk with God. 
And in order to eat this elephant of consistency, we need to develop an appetite for consistency about the right things in our life. All right? And a powerful walk with God, it does not come by chance. It does not come by luck. It does not come by good good intentions or what they call osmosis. It, it comes by being intentional and consistent in the things of God. And if it, if it does not come about by this, uh, by this, it comes by an appetite, appetite in our life that we have cultivated over a period of time. You do not become a great prayer warrior overnight. You do not become a great scholar of the Word of God overnight. It was like, I don't remember his name, but with this guy on the PGA, one of the PGA tours, uh, all of a sudden, he, he became an overnight sensation to everybody. He won some big tournament in the golf world, and somebody says, how does it feel to be an overnight, uh, uh, get the word out, how, how does it feel to be an overnight, uh, gosh, I can't get the word out, sensation, that'll work. How does it feel? He said, it took me 20 years to get here. Just nobody else noticed it. And we've got to acquire a standard. We've, to, to have consistency, okay? This is the last few minutes of this. I'll break it down. To have consistency in our life, we've got to acquire a standard, a disciplined mindset, and, be, and have a consecrated desire for a consistency in the things of God. And the appetite should not be Something that feasts is on self-promoting or a holier than somebody else motive. Our, our motive should be to bring God glory. Our, our motive should be to desire a consistency in our life that wants to bring Jesus to glory alone and not ourselves. Because here's the power of consistency and why we need to eat this elephant that of the things that we're not consistent of in our life. Because consistency, it it, it, it emphasizes faith over experience in our life. What, what makes someone get up and do the same thing day after day, regardless of whether they feel like doing it or not? You, we could argue that it is simply being a creature of habit, yes, but we could also say that it's somebody is driven forward by faith in what they believe in. All right? We do the same spiritual practices because we generally believe that this is the Word of God. This is the answer to all this world's problems. We truly believe God hears my prayer when I pray. I truly believe that Scripture that says... Great peace have they that love thy word, and by nothing shall they be offended. I believe the more I pour this word into me, the more I have it inside of me, the less chance you'll ever have of offending me. So I'm going to read it every day. And matter of fact, I've started a new practice and I'm going to listen to it every day. I'm going to listen to preaching at least uh, five sermons a week that, because I, I can't just hear myself all the time. I need this in my life because I'm convinced I need the consistency of believing that God is true. And the alternative to this kind of thinking of consistency is a life that's driven by experience only. 
In that case, our spiritual development is like a yo-yo, moving up and down. And the only thing that really causes us to have any kind of consistency is based on emotion only. So when we're having good church, I can go. When we're having great revival, I can go. When God has blessed me with a good job and God's blessed me with finances, then I can go and pay tithes. Then I can go and worship. But what happens when the job closes and the bills are coming due and you don't feel like worshiping and you don't feel like praying, guess what we got to do anyway? When it's not based on how I feel, but it's based on what I know. I know the Word of God is true. I know that one of these days if I keep true to this, heaven will be my home. I'm not looking for an earthly reward, but I'm looking for an eternal reward. And what consistency does, it keeps us just on that path. It's the difference between the turtle and the hare, right? He's like, just, just keeps on trucking right along till he wins the race. The hare jumps up and is wide open and then gets tired and sits down by a tree and sleeps and misses it. I don't want to do that because consistency causes roots to grow deep. This is what consistency does. It causes roots to go deep. When we decide that I want consistency in my life over just the excitement in my life, because everything that we continue to do in consistency with the things of God, it don't always bring excitement. Now, you can pray when you want, but for me, the best time for me to have my best prayer is in early in the morning before my phone starts ringing, before everybody starts bugging me, before everybody starts messing with me. I like early morning prayer. Yours could be, uh, your best prayer could be late at night. We, we should do both. But I know I have found the time, my best time to pray is, is in the morning. And it's not always easy to set alarm at an uh, hour and a half, two hours before I have to be somewhere and make sure that, uh, that I spend time in the Word and I spend time praying. before. And it's not always easy. And, and, and me and Texas have been doing some fishing and we like to get on the water at daybreak. So that's about 5.30. So that means I need to get up about 3.30 to 4.30. Do you that, do that, Brother Orton? Yes, I do. Because I have to be consistent. Either I will do that or I won't go fishing or we'll go fishing later. Because I know that is where that, that my roots is being uh, built is, is when I get up and I spend that time in the Word and I spend that time in prayer. I understand that. And, and this, this, we're developing a practice that will carry us through a season of spiritual dryness that we will all encounter in our life. And when we're consistent with that, we get this, it, our roots, they grow deep when you're consistent. And when we incorporate this same repeated practice in our life, day after day, we find that when we eventually, we don't feel anything, when we're suffering and, and we, we simply just feel like we can't pray anymore, we, we realize our roots have extended well past the shallows of life. And I'm not depending on God giving me a goosebump, God giving me a breakthrough, but I'm depending on the fact I'm not doing this for an emotion, I'm doing this for eternity. And what does, it goes farther in, in bringing this to a close uh, this afternoon. Matthew 20, 22, 37 through 34. I'm having problems with my words today. Y'all forgive me. Please forgive me. Matthew 22, 37 through, 30, through 40 says, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. I'll go in, I'm going to concentrate on that, but the second one is like unto this, love thy neighbors thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Consistency. When we're consistent, it builds something that's more than just hype. It's We have faith in what we're trusting in. And when we're consistent, it builds a root system that goes down deep that not just anything can pull you out. All right? And then what it also does, this consistency, it works into all the other areas of our life. One side, uh, one part of, the, of this side benefits of this spiritual discipline is that it goes into all areas of our life. Jesus said, this love the Lord thy God when, when he said this all thy heart all thy soul and all thy mind this covers more than just the, uh, the spiritual side of life it runs into the other areas of life the physical the emotional and the mental because when we become consistent in the spiritual then it begins to affect the physical, the emotional, and the mental. And this is why we have so many people that's struggling physically, emotionally, and mentally because they're not consistent in the spiritual. Because everything, whether we want to believe it or not, really revolves around the spiritual world. But we have made it more about the physical, the emotional, and the mental world. And we concentrate and we're more consistent with with babying our physical, emotional, mental world, where if we would put more consistency in the spiritual things of life, it would balance out the physical, the emotional, and the mental of our life. And when Jesus closed this verse, he says that we should love God not only spiritually, but with every part of our life. And when we become consistent in the spiritual, everything else will balance itself out. This is why consistency is the fuel for all these other things I'm going to talk about. It's the only way to eat an elephant. One bite at a time. Okay? I know I've used finances a lot with this through here, but maybe it's because it's relevant with me. When we was younger, we made some dumb financial decisions. I know none of y'all have ever done that. But I've made some dumb financial decisions. I have a really good job. I do make pretty good money at my secular job. But just because you have more money than what, just to have people think you have more money than you do, don't mean you do. All right? <clears throat> Made dumb decisions, so I have a lot of debt. And guess what? I hear not several years ago, I decided, you know what? That's keeping me from being a Marion full time. I got to get rid of that. So we've been on a financial journey to take care of that. So one bite at a time, we've been doing it. One bill after another, being knocked off, being knocked off. I would, I wanted to win. I'd like to win the lottery, but I don't play it. So that's not going to work. Mom and dad both done dead, and any inheritance we got from them, it's, it's already here, and uh, we done done it. So that's, unless I got an uncle I don't know about that's going to die and, and give me a bunch of money, then there's not but one way for me to take care of that elephant. One bite at a time and this is what we've done one bite at a time see because time is our most powerful ally when it comes to building something great in God
And it also is our biggest enemy. Drip, drip, drip. One drop at a time, one bite at a time, and slowly the landscape begins to change. This is what I'm talking about with consistency, Sister Lisa. One prayer at a time. One little bit of time spending in the Word of God. One penny at a time in the offering. One service at a time, throwing your hands in the air consistently, building some faith in what you're trusting in, consistently digging some roots down deep in what you're doing, consistently letting the spiritual flow into the physical, mental, and all the other parts of your life. Consistency will change our family tree by just being consistent. And keeping on doing it. So I'm challenging you. To. Find the spiritual things of this life. And. Create an appetite. For the spiritual things. I know that. I have. I'll say this and be done today. I know I have. Created appetites in my life. For certain things. Um, those been around enough you know me well enough that I'd always loved UK basketball and I tell you what I was doing I was had a steady diet of UK basketball things in my life that were I had to be careful with now when I was young I had to be real careful with it I'd go out between uh, the preaching and the singing to check and see who's winning all right <laughs> it's something I had to be careful with but as I got older there's a something called Kentucky Sports Radio. It's a two-hour radio thing. I listen to it at work. So I was creating an appetite. Several blog sites, I'd, I'd spend some time looking at those. And I created an appetite that I consistently, every day, devoured this so that whenever a basketball game come on, I'm going to consistently want to know who's winning. And what I've done is I cut that stuff off in my life. I took that consistency out of my life. Um, I usually find out if Kentucky wins anymore but I don't go out of my way to find that somebody will tell me and if they win or lose it doesn't bother me no more alright I'm just being real and who I am today and the reason that came about is because I took that thing that was consistently going against my spiritual life and I slowly Tuck that elephant out of there. All right? So this is what I'm talking about. I don't, the only way I know to do some of this is just give you some personal experience with it. So I'm challenging you to eat this elephant and take the, the things that needs to be consistent in our life and let's put it in there. Because it will change. One drip at a time, it will change your family tree. It will change your life. Amen. So, I'm done. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Just ask that you could help us to be consistent in the things of God that we need to be consistent in, Lord. God.